righty, what is going on? Happy Monday. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone numbers, as always, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Remember, get the podcast as well, wbt.com. The uh, people who generally cry the most about misinformation and disinformation and how it's corroding our democracy and uh, how, you know, people just have different sets of facts and there's half the country that, you know, thinks one thing and gets their news from all of the approved credentialed uh, media sources. And then there's this other half of the country and they're just knuckle dragging mouth breathing bigots and they they just go to facebook and i don't even know steve bannon or they watch youtube videos for their news that sort of thing but they actually exacerbate the division and here's a perfect example of it the sussman trial i just i did the search this morning i went over to the new york times i punched in sussman and if you are a reader of the new york times if that's where you get your news The last story that the New York Times did on Michael Sussman was a uh, story titled Clashing Views of Cybersecurity Lawyer as Trial in Special Counsel's Case Opens. (laughs) You would have no idea what that story is even about. It was buried on page A15, and it ran May 18th. That's the last story they did. Clashing views of cybersecurity lawyer. Cybersecurity lawyer. Why are they describing Hillary Clinton's campaign attorney as a cybersecurity lawyer? Because that's what he was at the FBI. Because that was the laundered information, the cooked up Alpha Bank from you know Russia connection to Trump. Uh, that that was the company that he fed their information to the FBI, so he was somehow a cybersecurity lawyer? Why would you define him as that? Why describe him as that in the headline? And talk about just like an anodyne kind of a headline. Clashing views of cybersecurity lawyer as trial and special counsel's case opens. Read all about it. Oh, my gosh, that's what a captivating headline. It just draws you right in. Man, I got to read that story. Almost fell asleep halfway through the headline. Not to mention the fact that they haven't given an update after a week of the trial. Where, as we went over on Friday, pretty big story came out of that trial. And a pretty bad misstep by the defense team for the cybersecurity lawyer. So Michael Sussman, his lawyers, called to the stand... Robbie Mook, who was the uh, campaign manager for Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. Prior to the trial, the defense had actually convinced the judge in the trial not to admit into evidence any of the tweets that were posted by Hillary Clinton uh, or her campaign talking about the bogus claim that Trump had some sort of secret back channel to the Kremlin, right? That was 
not allowed. They were not allowed to bring that into evidence. And that was a defeat for John Durham uh, and his team of investigators and the, the prosecutors in this case. They are trying to prove that Michael Sussman's false statement to the FBI saying that he was not there representing a client, although he was actually representing a client. Right. The Durham camp or the Durham prosecution is making the argument that Sussman was part of a a broader political dirty trick that was orchestrated by the Hillary Clinton campaign and maybe Hillary Clinton herself. Thank you, Robbie Mook, who said that she approved the communications to go out. She was the one who wanted it to go out. So he says that putting him on this, he goes on the stand, the defense put him on the stand. And when he was asked about that and he gave the answer that Hillary Clinton was aware of the story and said to put it out to media, that opens the door now. It opens the door to the introduction of the very tweet that the judge said could not come in and that the defense had been trying to keep the jury from seeing in the first place. Andy McCarthy at National Review saying that Mook's testimony on Friday enabled Durham to do exactly what he had hoped to do, place Michael Sussman's alleged false statement in a larger context of a Clinton-driven conspiracy. That's the context. There's this parallel track. We talked about it on Friday. There was the the media side of it, and then there was the investigative side of it, the law enforcement side, to go to the FBI with it. And it gets to sort of the old, uh, that the quote from LBJ, you know, where he accused, he told his campaign manager uh, back in Texas when he was running for a congressional seat, I want to say, and he said... Uh, I want to, you know, plant the story out there that that he has uh, he has intimate affairs with farm animals, and the campaign manager's like, "Come on, we can't say that." He's just, you know, it's not true. You're just making this up. And he said, and LBJ said, "I just want to hear him deny it." That's it. That's the dirty trick. That's all that matters. Some people will hear him deny it, and that'll be enough for them. This was the October surprise, right, that the Clinton campaign was cooking up and they were uh, they were sending it out to media, trying to get media to bite. And what the defense has argued is that they were getting frustrated that media wasn't biting. Okay, Sussman, according to McCarthy, Sussman would like to have been in a position to challenge the allegation that he represented the Clinton campaign at the relevant time, but he just can't. Because the evidence is overwhelming. He was billing his time to the Clinton campaign. He was strategizing with the campaign's operatives on campaign initiatives. And the defense concedes that Sussman was working on the campaign's behalf when he tried to get the New York Times interested in the back channel claim. So you can't deny that he's working for the campaign. So since he can't credibly deny that he was representing the Clinton campaign, so now he's going to what McCarthy says is, quote, parse what the scope of that representation was. So under this theory, even if he's working for the campaign and even if he's being paid by the campaign, he should not be seen as representing the campaign's interests if he did things that the campaign supposedly opposed. 
So they're as- so the defense is now asking the jury and us basically to believe that going to the FBI was not something the campaign wanted. We'll get into that in a minute. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It's interesting. It took almost, what, 80 years, 70, 80 years or so? But check out Europe finally paying us back for that airlift into Berlin. We got our Thanks a lot, Europe. We appreciate it. We got our own little Biden airlift going. We'll get into that. I will get around to that, the... Uh, yeah, the embarrassment of that whole story. Um, so Michael Sussman, by the way, th- this is a larger context, this Sussman trial. Yes, it's about the election. Yes, it's about the investigation that uh, has now uh, started unearthing these connections and the, the tactics. But it's also about the gatekeepers in our society and how they are now lamenting the erosion of their authority. Right. They're monopoly. They they don't get to control all of the narratives. They don't get to control all the information. And this New York Times ignoring this story. Is a perfect example of why America is divided when you can't get news about this story in The New York Times. And the last story that you have on it is from May 18th. And the headline doesn't even ID the lawyer for the Clinton campaign as the lawyer for the Clinton campaign. They call him a cybersecurity lawyer. So Michael Sussman is his name. And he can't say that he wasn't representing the Clinton campaign because he was obviously, and the records show, working for the campaign, being paid by the campaign, billing the campaign. So their argument at the trial is... He should not be seen as representing the campaign's interests if he did things that the campaign supposedly opposed. The defense says that the Clinton campaign did not want anyone to bring to the FBI the story about Alpha Bank and this back channel communication that the Trump campaign had with Russia. Which was all a lie. It was all not true. And I don't believe that the Clinton campaign did not want that information to the FBI. But that's the defense. That's their argument. That's what they're suggesting. Their theory is that if the information were brought to the FBI, then the FBI would have leaned on the New York Times to delay publication of the Trump-Russia back-channel story to give agents time to investigate. That's their story. That's their story. Oh, yeah, did I mention the New York Times that's not covering the trial? They were the ones that the Clinton campaign was planting the story in. <laughs> so, yeah. So maybe that's, uh, maybe they, it's a little awkward for them. Kind of embarrassing at this point. So maybe we'll just kind of not cover the trial. We'll call him a cybersecurity lawyer. How many people do you think of the New York Times actually had conversations with Michael Sussman about this story that's now the subject of the trial? I don't believe for a moment that the campaign did not want Sussman to go to the FBI or anyone. See, it doesn't even matter if it's Sussman or not. The theory is that the campaign did not want the FBI to get this information. 
because if they got the information, then they would stop the story from being reported on by the New York Times. In this telling, Andy McCarthy at National Review says, in this telling, Sussman essentially betrayed the campaign, right? Out of personal loyalty to the FBI and, of course, a patriotic sense of duty that he developed in his years as a Justice Department national security lawyer. Ergo, even though he may technically have been representing the campaign and technically being paid by the campaign and technically part of the campaign, well, he wasn't really representing the campaign when he went on that specific visit to the FBI and gave them that information. He wasn't working for them. He wasn't representing his client nor her interest. No, no, just the walk across the street. Now he's got a different hat on. And that's where Robbie Mook comes in. Robbie Mook, the former campaign manager for Hillary Clinton, they brought him on to try to make this argument that the campaign that he was managing would would never agree to bring that evidence to the FBI. Why? What would be the explanation? You know, you know what he said? It's because they didn't trust the FBI. Yeah, they didn't trust the FBI. Remember Jim Comey coming out and making the announcement and all of that? Yeah, that's that's why they didn't trust the FBI. Even though Jim Comey essentially laid out the whole case of how Clinton, and by the way, for the people that keep mocking this, uh, the Hillary Clinton email story, um, it's not her emails, guys. It's the server. It's the server. The server is, in and of itself, the smoking gun. The fact that she had one tells you all you need to know about why that is a serious story. It's not about her emails. It's about the server. Anyway, um, in putting Mook on the stand, the defense wanted an assertion from the highest official in the Clinton campaign that the campaign would have not approved Sussman bringing that info to the FBI. And then it blew up in their face. I'll tell you how in a minute. Newstalk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. So in putting Robbie Mook on the stand, he was the Clinton campaign uh, manager in 2016. By putting him on the stand, the defense attorney for Michael Sussman, the former lawyer for the Clinton campaign at that time, who's charged with lying to the FBI, trying to get them to investigate the Alpha Bank Russia collusion with the Trump campaign, the back channel communications garbage, all a lie. Um, but he was he went to the FBI to pitch that story. Why would you put Robbie Mook on the stand? Why? Because the defense is trying to assert that the campaign did not want the FBI to have the information about the Alpha Bank, Russia, Trump, back-channel communication. They didn't want that. And so from that perspective, Andy McCarthy writes at National Review, Robbie Mook delivered. And he further elaborated that Hillary Clinton herself approved the leak to the media. See, that's a separate track. See, we wanted this out there in the public eye first, and then the FBI could play catch up, but we were not going to give it to the FBI at the same time. That, we're, that no, 
Because if the FBI knew about it, then they would tell the New York Times, hey, don't you print that. And the New York Times would, of course, roll over for the FBI and say, "Okay, we won't print this terribly damaging story against Donald Trump. Mm hmm. They totally would have done that. So Robbie Mook delivered. This is what he said. This supports the defense theme that the Clinton campaign wanted the collusion narrative to be a media driven story, but not an FBI investigation. That's. This is literally the argument the defense is making. I will tell you, I remember watching a trial um, years ago when I was a reporter here in Charlotte Mecklenburg, and one of the lawyers said, I think it was actually the Ray Carruth murder trial, where they said, do not judge us for the bad plan that he constructed, right? We're telling you his plan, and it sounds stupid because it was, but that's not our fault. We didn't make the plan. He did. So this is the defense that they're trying to put on. That they totally wanted it a media story, but they didn't want it to be an FBI investigation. Based on that, the defense hopes that the jurors are going to say to themselves, gee, maybe Michael Sussman wasn't representing the Clinton campaign after all. McCarthy says it is a ridiculous defense. Sussman was representing the campaign. Which has claimed, by the way, attorney-client privilege in connection with documents that the special counsel, John Durham, has been trying to get for the trial. And, oh, by the way, Sussman was paid by the campaign for the visit to the FBI. He billed them, and they paid him. A lawyer either represents a client or he doesn't. There is no Monday morning quarterbacking in which If something doesn't go as planned, then the client gets to say that the lawyer wasn't really representing me. Moreover, McCarthy says, quote, the truth of the matter is that the Clinton campaign absolutely wanted to entice the FBI into investigating the Trump-Russia-backed claim. When Clinton posted her tweet, it referred to a statement by her then-advisor, and now Joe Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, where Clinton says, quote, we can only assume, or I'm sorry, it's a statement by Sullivan that she retweeted. Sullivan says, quote, we can only assume that federal authorities will now explore this direct connection between Trump and Russia. See, so when they didn't want the FBI investigating, they kind of also wanted the FBI to investigate. Yeah, they kind of wanted it and didn't want it at the same time. Cash Patel, a former top House Intelligence Committee aide, he's quoted in the Washington Examiner. He said he thinks that uh, special counsel John Durham, that this is getting to the insurance policy discussion. Do you remember that? In the texts between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, the two FBI lovebirds. Remember the insurance policy, the mention of the the insurance policy? This is what Cash Patel says Durham is getting to. A text message that got sent by Strzok to Page. So Peter Strzok was an FBI agent. Lisa Page was a top uh, FBI lawyer. And I, I always was amazed, like, these two, along with a couple of the others, Andy McCabe, it was like this, this unit it's like a TV show. You ever notice this? The one that comes to mind is like uh, the blacklist and where they've got like this special unit 
And the special unit, they, they do all the high-profile cases, investigations. You know, and they even, like, they're even there when they're kicking in the doors. They got all the SWAT members and all that. And then, you know, you got these three people of the unit. And they're with the SWAT. And, of course, they always get separated from every other SWAT member, right? And they're running around usually with, like, just a T-shirt with the, with the body armor over the T-shirt. Meanwhile, everybody else is all kitted up. Anyway, that's what this that's what this thing reads like. Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, these same people, they, they were the ones that looked into the Hillary uh, or the laptop with uh, Anthony Weiner. Oh, OK, uh, that's Uma Abedin's husband's laptop. Remember that story? Right. These same people, they were like all they were the ones looking into all this stuff. They were the ones that probed Hillary. Uh, sorry. All right. They were the ones that looked into Hillary Clinton's. Uh, server, and they and then they informed Jim Comey to come out and be like, oh, nothing to see here. Remember all of that? And then the meeting on the tarmac with Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton. Okay, anyway, just coincidental, they were talking about the grandbabies. A text message sent by Strzok to Page, August 2016, mentioned an insurance policy. And This is integral to what Republican investigators have long suspected to be part of a so-called plot to undermine Donald Trump, a view that uh, a view rejected by ex top FBI brass involved in the matter. Okay, so the Republican investigators that worked for congressional offices, this is where they think this is going. Cash Patel being one of them. But the top FBI people are like, no, 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 I know what you're talking about. We'll get into more of this in a moment. Cash Patel, a former top House Intelligence Committee aide, tells the Washington Examiner he thinks that special counsel John Durham has figured out the insurance policy that was discussed by Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. One week into the trial of Michael Sussman, a former lawyer for Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign accused of lying to the FBI, Patel said that the damning testimony heard by the courts so far will inevitably have former FBI director Andrew McCabe, as well as Strzok and Page, quote, concocting an insurance plan. Here's what he told. uh, Oh, he told this to Fox Business anchor Maria Bartiromo, quote, I think John Durham knows what the insurance plan is. I know we figured it out during Russiagate and we have tried to educate the American public on it, but it remains classified Hardly. Interesting. The text struck sent to Page on August 15th, 2016, weeks before Clinton lost to Trump in the presidential contest, read, quote, I want to believe the path you threw out in Andy's office that there's no way he gets elected, but I'm afraid we can't take the risk. It's like an insurance policy in the unlikely event you die before you're 40. You remember also they had the uh, the exchange where uh, Page said to Strzok, he's not going to win, is he? Please, oh God, I'm going to be sick or something. And he says, no, he won't. We'll stop him. And remember when they asked him about that text in front of Congress? Remember what he said? He said, I meant the public, the voters. That's what I meant. Such an obvious lie 
such an obvious lie that it could only be rewarded uh, with, uh, well, I guess, uh, talking head gig at like uh, CNN. I think that's where he landed. Um, Durham, keep in mind, John Durham has two active prosecutions. One of them is a case against Michael Sussman, right, indicted for lying to the feds. And the other, again, this is according to the Washington uh, Examiner, the other ongoing prosecution centers on a case against a key source for British ex-spy Christopher Steele's dossier. Right? So it's a, it's a source for Steele. Not Steele, but a source for him. In addition, Durham has obtained a single guilty plea, which came from former FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith, who admitted to altering an email about a one-time Trump campaign aide, Carter Page. That was when they sought the, uh, the surveillance. And Carter Page had to be, uh, well, not identified. They had to mask his relationship with the American government because Carter Page was sort of their, uh, their entry into the FISA court to get the, the, the warrants against the Trump campaign. They knew because the CIA told them that's everybody's understanding of it now. The CIA doesn't really confirm this type of thing. But he was totally giving information to the CIA. Whenever he would go over to Russia, he would come back. He'd say, hey, this is what I found out. You guys might want to know, whatever. So they've had, they had a long relationship with Carter Page. And the FBI knew that. But the FBI did not disclose that to the judge in the FISA court. Kevin Kleinsmith admitted to altering the email to mask that fact, to help them get the warrant. Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz determined the FBI's counterintelligence investigation was filled with serious missteps and errors and concealed potentially exculpatory information from the FISA court. The Justice Department told the FISA court it believed at least the final two of the four warrants were, quote, not valid. Also, Cash Patel, and I don't know what Cash Patel is talking about, what this insurance policy is. I don't know. But Patel thinks, from what he's looking at, he thinks that John Durham is walking right towards the goal, right towards whatever that insurance policy plan was. Patel also predicted there will be more charges in the investigation. He said, quote, I firmly believe Durham's got a few more indictments coming this summer. And again, if you read the New York Times, who was really, really hot to trot for this story about the Alpha Bank back channel communication with the uh, Trump campaign. If you're reading the New York Times for all of your Russia, Russia, Russia coverage, you don't get any of this. You are unaware that this story is even playing out. You don't get this stuff. So tell me again, who exactly is fomenting the misinformation in the society and the division that we have as a society because half of the country is getting information from one place and the other half is getting it from legitimate sources like me. Washington Times also reporting the Homeland Security Department saying that uh, it will comply with that judge's ruling that halts the Biden administration's attempt to... uh, to revoke Title 42, the pandemic border shutdown measure. 
So this is seen as a win to Republicans, but also to some Democrats as well. Many of them had feared political fallout if Biden fully reopened the border, which is totally not happening. All those people that are flooding in, it's totally not an open border. Judge Robert Summer Hayes makes me feel fine, said in his Friday ruling that the president and his team ran afoul of the Administrative Procedure Act. Uh, yeah, did not see that one coming. Uh, they say they cut too many corners in their attempt to lift Title 42, which is a section of public health law that let the United States keep out most illegal border crossers because of the threat they posed um, of spreading COVID-19. Yeah, that was one of the downsides for our friends on the left. They they went whole hog all in on the COVID-19 lockdowns and everything else, and then Trump used it to shut down the border. And Oh, man. Didn't see that one coming. Blindsided. We got out ahead of our skis there. We totally didn't, yeah, that did not anticipate that the locking down of all of Americans would impact the influx of uh, border crossings and that they would be able to cite the COVID-19 spread to, uh, to put a damper on that. He sided with Republican-led states in their litigation. The state said that they would bear the brunt of a wave of migrants expected to flood the border once Title 42 ends. And they should have been able to weigh in with the administration before it announced last month that it was terminating the border shutdown. The termination was set to take effect today. But Judge Summer Hayes, preliminary injunction, put all that on hold. Now, some Democrats, particularly those facing tough re-election races in border states, kind of sort of welcomed the ruling. (laughs) Yeah, that's how you know it's not very popular. Saved... They've been saved by their own bad decision or from their own bad decision here by this judge. We'll get into more of this up next. News is next. (laughs) 